Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 204. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. 52 pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Plop, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail, made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to the slow poisoner at gmail.com that's the slow poisoner at gmail.com while supplies last on sale now is mark arlo's latest book called pac-man the first animated show based upon a video game this book tells the story of pac-man phenomenon and goes through the entire history of the hanna-barbera animation studios the history of the video games, pre-Pac-Man, the history of Pac-Man, the character, the video game, the spin-off, the merchandise, and the anime TV series. Each and every episode of the classic 1980s series is covered and examined. Plus, Mark Arnold covers how Pac-Man has been honored on various anniversaries, including the 40th anniversary in 2021. A fun read for casual and hardcore Pac-Man and video game fans alike, featuring many character model sheets and other images. Available online through Bear Manor Media, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Get your copy today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. Stars of Walt Disney Productions is my latest book, Out Now. I just turned in the manuscript for Not Just Happy Together, The Turtles A to Z, from AM Radio to Zappa. It's a book I've been co-writing with Charles Rosnay. I'm doing the final edits and photo selection of my Mad Book, and that will be turned in next. I'm also working on my TV Cartoons at Time Forgot book, plus articles on Nightmare, The Galloping Ghost, and Harvey Superheroes. On today's show, we have an actress who appeared in such movies as Hush Hush, Sweets Charlotte, Three on a Couch, and The Vanishing Point, plus TV's Batman. 
She is perhaps best known for her numerous appearances on TV's The Monkees. Here she is, Valerie Caris Vinay. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and it's another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Valerie Caris Vinay. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't want to reveal this until after we started. Um, I, in my research today to learn a little bit more about you, so I wasn't just like, oh, were you on the monkeys? <laughs> right. I, I, I was like researching and looking around and everything, and I found an interview that you did a few years ago with uh, Ghosty, the DJ. And I said, uh-oh, I better listen to that because I didn't want to repeat anything that he asked. So, oh, you're going to have to repeat things. <laughs> yeah, but I will ask a few things but because actually what it has helped me do is I want to elaborate on a couple of things that he touched on. And I go, well, I want to know more about that. So anyway, so oh, hopefully okay. you'll be able to, to do that. So. I hope so. so anyway, um, in listening to his show, you know, I found out a little bit about your background, that, like you were born in Germany and uh, things like that. I mean, uh, what was it like in there? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you, said, you said you had some memories of it back then. So, I mean, it's like, what was it like in post-war Germany? Well, um, I was born... In April, mm -hmm. 1945. Ah, now they know. <laughs> um, so the war was over in May, 1945. But that doesn't mean that, you know, when it ends, everything is hunky-dory. Um, but uh, it's my parents, I think, that suffered more than myself. And um, I had two brothers, and my family... Uh, is Lithuanian, and hmm. they were running from Lithuania from Joseph Stalin. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> because, I don't know if you know, but if you look at history, Joseph Stalin killed 20, min 20 million people oh, yeah. Yeah, he was in World War II. Not a nice guy. <laughs> not, a, not a nice guy, though. And my uh, poor grandmother that uh, didn't want to come with, uh, with my parents, she uh, ended up in a Siberian concentration camp. Ooh. So, um, you know, nothing was pleasant during that war. I'm, you know, it was a horrible, horrible time for everyone, uh, especially our, our Jewish brothers and sisters, of course. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, anybody that... Um, uh, from the Baltic states that, you know, uh, Russia is oppressed for, I think, probably about a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And um, so, it, uh, meaning the governments, no, I don't mean the people. Yeah. Uh, so, that was um, how I ended up in Hitler's Germany. Wow. <laughs> and that's where I was born. And mm -hmm. so, it was, you know, uh, but... You know, I was just a little kid when I was, you know, three years old. I think I remember back to three years old. I remember rabbit cages. Hmm. Um, we lived in barracks. And, uh, of course, the kid, rabbit cages were for food, hmm. not pets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I remember falling into a pit. I think I went after a baby chicken, mm. and I fell into a pit. I followed my brothers around. I, um, we, I remember climbing through barbed wire, following them, and they, for a favorite pastime, they were digging up ammunition. <laughs> so it's a good thing that we didn't, you know, explode and kill each other, or right. you know. So, um, so then we um, we're one of the lucky families that were chosen to come to America, and uh, we uh, got on a uh, naval freighter, and they separated us. We were in the hull of a naval freighter, and uh, I remember. When they let us up on deck, I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty. Hmm. But um, okay, there she is. The poodle is back. <laughs> this is a very good thing. All right, Susie. She's blind though. I'm gonna reach for her. <laughs> but when they're seventeen, you you really have to do what they need to do. Right. And I I thought I had everything all together, of course best laid plans <laughs> and so um, uh, we came to America I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty I ended up in uh, the hospital uh, That's I was sick mm -hmm. um, my mother said it was measles but I, her language skills were not good so I don't know what it was but I was sick and we ended up in Lowell, Massachusetts. We stayed there for two years. My parents worked in parachute factories. Wow. And then um, <laughs> in 1952, yeah, we had a sponsor, you know, and they mm -hmm. gave my parents jobs. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm out of breath chasing the dog. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we... Um, um, we ended up coming to California, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's I I always say I was born in Germany, but I was raised in Hollywood. Right, right. You know because I was, and uh, so that's the beginning of my life. <laughs> that's it, it's just interesting because it didn't even occur to me until I was listening to Ghosty's show. It's uh -huh. like I just figure. You know, and I think he even thought that too. It's like, oh, you're a California girl born and bred. And it's like, nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you think, oh, no. maybe it was another state. And it's like, nope. <laughs> you know, another country. No. Wow. You know, another so. country. And English is my second language. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, no. did your parents try to get out here sooner, or uh, was it just the time you were able to do it? Or they were able to well, do it, or did you, you know, ever discuss the that? War, they, they came with nothing. Yeah. Probably the shirts on their back. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a sponsor in Lowell, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. that had the jobs in the parachute factories. Because, you uh, see, it was uh, still very soon after the war. Right. Only five years after the war. So they, you know, I guess they were. Lowell, I, from what I understand, is a factory city. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of factories. So, um, I guess they saved up some money and uh, bought a car, and we headed out west. Now, when you're out in California, did they do the same thing, parachutes, or was it something different by that point? No, um, uh, they, you know, started at the bottom 
mm -hmm. course. And my father, I call him the original hippie, as he played <laughs> the guitar. He drove race cars. Somehow or other, he got into that. And somehow or other, he got into working for the studios. Because ah, I remember okay. him taking me to KTLA on Sunset Boulevard. Right. Are you familiar with Los Angeles? Yeah, I lived down there for three years when I was oh, age okay. age six well, to nine, and so I'm very familiar. I'm from the San Francisco area, but I, I know LA stuff very well. So. So you remember that tower that said KTLA oh, yeah, Channel yeah, Five, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, that they were filming something, and I think that that was something that was very uh, intriguing to me, mm -hmm. you know, because they were, I, I don't remember what show it was, but I think it was a, something about firemen, and this um, this is the 50s. Right. So, but anyway, um, we went on from there. So, uh, yeah. and what, you know, I think you were saying on that show that your parents had some sort of if not acting abilities, some sort of performing abilities or some skills or something that, like, led you to, like, wanting to be an actress. Is that correct? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> my mother, you know, my mother sang in the church choir along with her brother. And mm -hmm. uh, they had, you know, good voices, so uh -huh. they were singers. And my father, I call, like I said, I call him the original hippie. He was, like, uh, got, played the guitar. Mm -hmm. He sang, uh, but different than, you know, what my mother did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, he liked to paint. He was, he was creative, you mm -hmm. know, he was, um, uh, got involved in racing cars, mm -hmm. loved cars. <laughs> so, you know, the, I, I think, I don't know how I really, I think that doesn't every little girl want to be an actress? Well, especially if you're, like, in close yeah. proximity to TV station or a movie studio, you know, it's like it seems natural, you know, so. Yeah. Um, then, you know, at our church, there was a, a lady that taught dancing, and uh, I think she had, I think I was a snowflake. Mm -hmm. I wasn't much of a ballerina, though. <laughs> 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 no, I was not. But um, I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we're really little. So they, she put us in, in spots where we were just starting out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, the older I got, then there was school. I had to concentrate on that, you know. And mm -hmm. then uh, uh, there, there wasn't very much available in... Uh, in elementary school or junior high school, uh, uh, in the creative arts, hmm, okay. in those days, you know, I'm talking the fifties. Hmm. So, um, then I, I think I got a job, um, that was a part-time job and after school thing for a company called rips opticians. And, hmm. um, they examined your eyes and they, you know, we sold glasses, and uh, that's where the movies came in. Mm -hmm. um, now, the, now this story I, I like, so I'll have you repeat it. That yeah, you didn't my, try to go into acting; it came to you. Is that correct? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, you know, um, 
you know, watching television and being a little kid, I think, I think it was always in the back of my mind as much as it could be, as much as a little girl can imagine, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, you know, I, when I was older, when I was in high school, I got this job and I was actually the receptionist and I was modeling the, uh, the glasses that they would sell. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun, you know, to have glasses that were all different kinds of glasses I wore. And uh, some one of the opticians, and I, I'm going to say it again, I think it was a setup. <laughs> one of the opticians brought in a young man to get glasses, and his name was Michael McLean. Mm-hmm. And he um, came up to my desk and he said, have you ever thought about being in movies? And I, of course, sat up and, you know, my little ears perked up and uh, I'm sure my posture just, you know, and I was typing, I remember, and I said, well, uh, yes, (laughs) of course, you know, who wouldn't want to be in the movies? And so I got to know him and we, he was, he was already an actor. Mm -hmm. I think he had his uh, SAG card when he was an infant, when he was born. Wow. (laughs) Because his father was the head of talent at 20th Century Fox, right under Zanuck. Wow. Zanuck's right arm. So that was the lucky break. But he was, what, he was only a couple of years older than me, Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I dated him, and then he got a job as a casting director at 20th Century Fox. So he, you know, got me into the movie industry, and that's how it all started. Hmm. So and he is a wonderful man. I love him so much. He's no longer with us. Very sad. He died um, of brain cancer. Hmm. And he was just the most wonderful person you'd ever want to meet in your whole life. Just a gem, mm-hmm. you know, so um, very much missed. And he kind of managed me, and because I remember I said, Michael, I want to work on Von Ryan's Express. Uh-huh. And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, why? I said, I want to work, I want to work with Frank Sinatra. And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, because he'll eat you alive, that's why you're not working on it. See? Now, now, um, now what year is this? Sinatra, I guess. <laughs> what year is you know. this are we talking about? Well, um, it had to be like 1964. Oh, okay. I remember okay. uh, Peyton Place was being was on the lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? See what did Fox do? So yeah, it's like, there was all, all of those. Like, like I know all the Columbia stuff because of the monkeys and everything, and just like screen gems and everything. I was like, what was 20th Century Fox doing on TV? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the, um, I know there's theatrical uh, films, you know, that they were doing around that time. But yeah, uh, lots of them. You know, one of Michael's first films that he was uh, like an assistant casting director was. Um, Sound of Music. Mm, okay, yeah. So that's a big movie. Right. But there was also a lot of television going on. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what was going on. There's a lot of Irwin Allen stuff going on, at least, uh, you know, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, that type of stuff. That's right. And then I think, uh, you know, there's a little show that you did appear on that was a 20th Century Fox show. It was Batman. 
And was that uh, a, a similar thing where they just asked you, or did you audition for that, or how, how did that work for uh, a show like that? Yeah, Michael McLean. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I said, he was kind of my manager, and he was kind of um, watching out for me. And also his father adored me, you know, and mm-hmm. he was the head of talent. And he was the one that said, you know, he said, since she doesn't have any experience as an actress, mm-hmm. uh, why don't we start training her by letting her stand in for people? Because mm-hmm. then you have to be glued to that camera, mm-hmm. really glued. Mm-hmm. And uh, in close proximity with the director, in close proximity with everybody, and then you learn the nuts and bolts of the uh, motion picture industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking in you know those days. Right. Uh, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, the director is behind a curtain. You never meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I'm only talking about the small potatoes, which I am a small potato. You know. <laughs> I am a potato, but I'm a small potato. <laughs> now, um, so, you know, the movie industry has changed. Right, yeah. right, of course. Um, unfortunately, I don't think for the better, but, you know, hey. <laughs> um, True. Uh, uh, I know everybody likes the action films. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I remember once I was talking to one of my doctors, and he is a very young man, you know, and he said, you know, Valerie, he said, I can't sit through a movie unless it's an action movie. He said, I just can't do it. Can wow. you imagine? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what the younger people are doing. You yeah. know? So yeah. uh, it's very different. I mean, I very do different. like action films, but I like all types of films, too. I mean, um, uh, I just became a film buff. You know, once home video came out and, you know, older films got to be released in pristine condition without commercials i was like hooked you know i started watching everything so that's what happened with me Um, right Uh i like that too i have a what they call a fire stick Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a roku you know i think there's roku and fire stick they're the same yeah so you plug it into your tv and i think i paid forty dollars for it Mm mm-hmm and you plug it into your TV, and then you can select whatever you want. Uh, you can get Hulu, you can get Netflix, or you can just type in what movie you want to see, and then you're uh, invited to buy it or rent it. Right. But it's amazing. So I love it. It's amazing, you know. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, and of course when you were a kid, you know, it's like uh, <laughs> movies, if you wanted to see them, you had to wait for them to come out in the theater again, you know, and if. If they happen to be on television, you know, they're all cut up and had commercials or something. So it's like, you know, it's just amazing how things have changed. So. Things have really changed. And in those days, <coughs> we used film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't use a video. A person that did use kind of a video thing was Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was the first one. I forgot the name of it. It has a, a name. Yeah. The uh, apparatus mm-hmm. that he used, but you know, he had to see what he did. He he did everything. <laughs> right. He would direct the film. He would star in the film. Mm-hmm. He would produce the film, and he would, you know, be in the scene and the cameraman. So then he needed to see what it was like, and it wasn't like today, digital. He had to um, 
take a look at it on that whatever the machine was. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people know it. Know it will know exactly what it was. Yeah, and I, I should know what it was, but I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I know it was like a you know a, a video uh, television assist type thing or something like that, but I don't know the exact name of it. I should, I suppose, but. Um, <laughs> Yes, you uh, should, you know. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I know we're going to jump around a bit because I do on the show anyway. But, you know, since you're talking about Jerry Lewis, um, you know, it just seems nat. Well, let me say this about the video thing. It just seems like it should have been a natural thing once television kind of came into play that, you know, you'd want to see what you just shot. But. It seems weird that it took for years for that to become standard. You know, it's it's you know that was just my statement about it. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, um, I don't. It, the technology just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, when you find out the name of it, you'll you will know more than I do about yeah, it. Yeah, that it was a, it was a clumsy thing. You know, it wasn't um, it wasn't this little tiny camera that they have now. You know, um, it's just so different. Everything is so different now. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, uh, let me jump back to Batman, and then I'll go to Jerry Lewis again. I don't know where I'm going on all this. Uh, but during... Uh, See, you should call me more often. I know. <laughs> I know. <It's> <laughs> then, I'll get, <laughs> then I'll know where, <laughs> what to say next. Anyway, but... Um, during all this, was your training only like watching and being on the set and everything, or did you actually take any formal acting lesson, lessons at any point? I did. Um, you know, there, I, I've only studied with one coach mm-hmm. and, uh, he was a phenomenal person, mm-hmm. a friend of mine. Actually, you probably know him or know of him, uh, James Brolin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we grew up together. You wow. know, Michael McLean, James Brolin, and my roommate, Cherie, we all grew up together. Hmm. And uh, we, um, Jim was an actor, too. Everybody was an actor. Right. But we had to have a, we had to have a job that actually gave us food on the table, right? Mm-hmm. So Jim's father had a apartment complex. I think it was, it was in Orange County somewhere, and there it was a brand-new complex. There was a French quarter. There was a colonial quarter. There was a Polynesian quarter. Mm-hmm. And there was a... Um, I forget what the last one was, like a Creole kind of thing. And they came furnished. And so all the furniture, though, was stored in a storage place. So what we did, the four of us, is when an apartment rented, whether it was colonial or French or um, whatever, mm-hmm. we would get the correct furniture. And we would move in all the furniture, like we were furniture movers. <laughs> Isn't that something? Hmm. But, you know, we got a free place to stay, and uh, we had each other, and we were all, you know, very, very, uh, we were kids. You mm. know, what can I say? We were kids. We were young. We were full of energy. We were hoping to be in the movie industry, mm-hmm. and uh, we were 
trying to get through every day, you know. And so we had a lot of fun doing mm -hmm. that. What was my point? Oh, okay. So James Brolin, later on, after I did get into the movie industry and after um, uh, we moved back to Los Angeles, all of us, and I said, you know, I, I really think that I should. I think he had a series by that time called Marcus Welby. Yeah. And I asked him, he was studying with someone, and I said, do you think I should do anything like that? Do you think I should? And I'll never forget his encouraging words. Uh, here's another person that's a saint. You know, James Brolin is truly a saint. Mm -hmm. He said, Valerie, he said, I think you should, and I, I think you'll do better than all of us. <laughs> he was so sweet, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay. And so the acting coach's name was um, Robert Paris. He's no longer with us, and I'll give you some of the names that that studied with him. Robert Mitchum, mm. The Supremes. Wow. Um, Lucille Ball. Mm. Um, we weren't in one room together. Even Mayor Yordy. <laughs> Do you remember him? I've heard of him. Mayor yeah. Yordy. Yeah. You know Humphrey Humphrey Bogart. You know how he would how he would get the message across to you just with his eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's what Robert said. He said, if you can't move that muscle, he said, start thinking it over. Huh. And it'll move over. He said that's, but he was um, really, really a, a special. He said, I can teach you the tools, but he said, I can't teach you how to act. And he said, maybe... If you get an Academy Award, maybe I'll congratulate you on the second one. <laughs> That's the kind, he was very hard. He was very tough. Wow. He, he didn't put up with anything. <laughs> so I had um, the uh, privilege to work with that man. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the privilege to work with him. So I did have a little bit of uh, training. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't think you can ever stop training. Right, know? right. But, yeah, uh, you I know, I, I I didn't know if you were just learning on the spot or you actually went, you know, to someone else to get some help, you know, which you did. I did, so, yeah. I did but, you know, when you're, um, see, I was barely 18, Yeah. you know, when I started in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, those young years, you're a sponge, no matter yeah. what you see, you're a sponge. Yeah. And here I was in the major motion picture industry working with the greats, mm -hmm. Jerry Lewis, Janet Lee, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, Glennis Jones, James, James Stewart. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, people... You know, you know, I'm almost seventy-eight years old, so I have an excuse. <laughs> well, I can, I can, I can throw some things out there because you know, I, I now know some of the movies you were in. Um, right. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, in other words, I, you know, I would watch these people, and I'd watch what yeah. are they doing. You know, I, I um, since I was uh, privileged to stand in, mm -hmm. of course, they didn't give us any credits then, like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I uh, when I worked with Betty Davis, they called it uh, stunt work <laughs> because I was working with firearms. Yeah, 
Now, I, I've seen that movie before, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, which is the one we're talking about with Betty Davis. Um, yes. But it's been a while. Um, did you get any screen credit at all, or was it just, you know, because I know they didn't do credits the way they do nowadays, where the credits last for ten minutes and and list everybody and their dogs and everything, so it's like... Yeah. Right, yeah. No, no, um... I don't think they even listed stunt people for credits. Um, uh, they didn't. They definitely didn't list stand-ins mm-hmm. for uh, credits. Now they do. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they do because it is a very important job. Right. I don't think that people. It, it's kind of it's. It's kind of like an understudy for stage, but it's different. It's different for film. Right. You know. But um, uh, it. You know, I, I'm I'm glad that you know there are more credits. Mm. I love to watch the credits, yeah. and I, what I love about it now, if, if I watch the movie at home, which I can do, I can wind it back if oh, yeah. I miss something yeah. in the credits because there's a lot of credits, like right. you say. Yes. Yeah. So. Now, uh, when you're working on movies, we'll stick with that one for right now. The Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Um, did you interact with all the different people, or was it mainly Betty Davis, or uh, who did you uh, associate well, with? Well, huh. I, I told the story to uh, Dave, is Dave, David. Right, Ghosty. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, it's an awfully cute story. Um, Betty really took a liking to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yes, we did interact, because, you know, now they have these great, big trailers that the stars you know go to and they've got they've got like their own apartment on the lot um then it wasn't like that uh the most you had was a little bungalow on the set (laughs) but um that you know mainly people gathered around the coffee machine just like in an office Mm -hmm. so joseph cotton and uh, Bruce Dern and I, I remember we, we sat around that uh, little coffee table and drank coffee and ate donuts and just uh, chit-chatted up a storm. <laughs> and Betty, when she, she said, she would yell, everybody off the set, <laughs> except Valerie. <laughs> she was just... Uh, delightful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so lucky that I got to meet her and Bruce Stern and Joseph Cotton. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was, uh, it was a gift mm-hmm. to uh, work with all of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met anybody that I didn't like mm-hmm. in the motion picture industry. Mm-hmm. Not, not one. Well, the one I want to ask you about on that movie, which you'll probably say, what? <laughs> um, Victor Bono. <laughs> Did you do, uh, interact with him at all on that film, or no? No. Oh, okay. He probably Turn wasn't it. there. Because yeah. <laughs> I know he's in the film, but he, he might not have done scenes at the same time you were, so okay. All right. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, when you were doing all these stand-in scenes and just various movies and everything else, were you under contract, or was the contract uh, era passed by that point? Oh no, there there were definitely contract players. Okay, and no, I was not one of them. Oh, okay, 
did you yeah, aspire to definitely. be? Definitely. Jim uh, was a contract player uh-huh. at 20th Century Fox. Uh, James Grillon. Right. Um, he was a contract player at uh, at Fox, but uh, no, not me. Okay. I wasn't far enough along yet. Okay. The only reason yeah. I ask that is because you did quite a few things at 20th Century Fox, and then you moved on to Columbia and did quite a few things there. So I thought maybe just had a consistency of stay, sticking at one studio. You didn't seem to jump around too much, you know, at least in those days. So that's how the well, well. I, d- I did work at Universal too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember on what Sheriff Lobo comes to me. Well, that, if it was that show, that would have been many years later than what the... Yeah, yeah, years about. later, right. Yeah, yeah. so, um, I mean, I'm not saying you never worked at all these other studios. You might have worked at all of them, for all I know. I so, did. Yeah. I worked at all of them. I worked at MGM. I worked, um, uh, MG, let's see, worked at MGM. I worked at Universal. I worked at Columbia. I worked at Paramount. Mm-hmm. I worked at... Uh, there's more. There's Warner Brothers. Sam Goldwyn. Oh, yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers, and too. Did you ever work at Disney of all places or no? <laughs> Disney uh, wasn't wasn't here yet, I don't think. Well, no, they, when they I were there. No, they were, were they there. there. Yeah, they, you know, when you started, it was like the year Mary Poppins was coming out and things like that. But they, they were pretty much oh, their own right. thing. Yeah, that, yeah. I know. It, I know. It, 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 Disney Studios was a white building. Mm-hmm. That I used to drive by when I was going to MGM. Oh, okay. So right. no, I did not work on that one. Okay. Yeah, Disney a lot of times is its own thing. I mean, they tended to have because I, I re, I'm working or I'm I say I'm working on a book. It's actually out now. Stars of Walt Disney Productions. Just as an aside, but I mean the people that t- tended to be stars there were like ones that they kind of home they were homegrown as it were, or they'd be aging actors that had already had a long career like in the 30s and 40s and now they're doing things later on in their 60s and 70s you know in the 60s and 70s and stuff like that so you know it was kind of unique that way but anyway (laughs) um so you know my whole question about uh 20th century fox and everything so you know you like uh, and getting back to batman the only reason i'm asking that i'm a huge batman Adam West, uh, Batman fan. Of course, you're on a couple episodes. Um, so, uh, what was it like? What was like a working day like working on that show? Because it seems so bizarre compared to other stuff that was done before that. I mean, it even predates the monkeys. So it's like, uh, it just seems very modern for lack of a better term, you know, when it came out. So, um, I thought it was at the same time. Um, well, it was about a year before it debuted. You might have been on when the Monkees was on, but it debuted in January of 66. Monkees was like September. You know, I'm just going by when the show debuted. Oh, uh-huh. you know. but, okay. But, uh, so it predated it, you know, by almost a year. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, Ju- Julie was, you couldn't take your eyes off of her. Mm-hmm. She was that spectacular, and she was in trouble all the time, which I really liked. Are we talking about Julie Newmore? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Meow. Mm -hmm. She was something else. 
she'd climb up on those rafters. I heard this is when I had a dressing room that was right on the set in inside the stage, mm-hmm. little tiny bungalow. And I heard the director just screaming and screaming. <laughs> and I thought, I thought he was screaming because I was a little bit late. And they really don't like that. Because mm-hmm. then by the time you get your makeup, by the time you get your costume, by the time, and boy, those costumes, I don't know if you've seen Kitty's costume. Oh, yeah. It was very risque. Yeah, very skin tight. Was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there was no room for a wardrobe malfunction because you were <laughs> totally covered. Yeah. Totally covered, you know. And, um, but I heard him screaming and I thought, oh, God, it's me he's that he's mad at i you know everything revolves around me right <laughs> just <laughs> just in case you don't know so uh, uh anyway um it wasn't me because i peeked out the door and it was um he was looking up way up <laughs> into the heavens we were indoors and there was Julie, and she had climbed up. Have you ever been on a soundstage? They're huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she had climbed up way up there, and she wouldn't come down. <laughs> and he was screaming at her to come down, and she was up there hissing at him and swatting Wow. at him like a cat. Wow. <laughs> and she was just... Uh, uh, oh my God, she was something to behold, you know. Uh, really, um, I, what a gift to work with her. Do you know that she still refers to us as her kittens? Mm. Wow, that's cool. I have a friend that is very close to her, mm-hmm. and she refers to us as her kittens. Wow. So, you know, so every time I see her, I go, that's my mother. <laughs> you know, that's my mother cat. And, uh, and she's, uh, just wonderful and spectacular my goodness she's just absolutely spectacular the way she moves everything it's just nobody else exists when you're on the set with julie newmar you know and she was the main one you interacted with did you interact much with adam or bert or yes they tried to do they you know they were always after my mother so <laughs> um i didn't like them Ooh. <laughs> they had to be i think i took robin to the maze and i tried to kill him with <laughs> something <laughs> but it didn't work <laughs> he came too <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, yes. I, I've read his biography before. I know, you know, kind of the scandalous stuff they t- they did, you know, and things like that. To put it mildly, so. It was, uh, yeah. I don't know his his biography, but yeah. and uh, you know, in our little circle on our show, mm-hmm. we um, know, and I think that I tried to take Batman to the maze. Mm-hmm as well to be rid of him <laughs> but that didn't work <laughs> so i don't know maybe somebody will someday 
Now, um, those shows, how, how, what was the shooting schedule like? How quickly did you do an episode of that show? Uh, that, you know, uh, were two episodes and I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't know, two, three, four days, five days a week, something like that. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about average. Something yeah. like that. Okay. I don't, um, I don't remember as much about Batman as I do about the monkeys. Right. And there are memory gaps there too. Right. <laughs> Which, but, which, um, <laughs> which is where we're going next, you know, of course, you know, so we have to talk about the monkeys, so, oh, um, yeah. unless you don't want to. <laughs> no, no, I, I love them. I adore them. One Peter's thing. birthday was just the other day, and, um, right. well, it was yesterday, actually, but I made such a big mistake. I, on Saturday, I thought that it was Peter's birthday on Saturday, and I thought Valentine's Day was on Sunday, oh. and I was completely wrong. So there I was wishing Peter a happy birthday, putting up pictures, and it wasn't his birthday. Hmm. So um, yesterday was his birthday, so I was all mixed up. Hmm. But it's okay. You know, people expect that of me. Um, my... Um, Acting coach Robert, mm-hmm. he told me that he uh, that I reminded him of Carol Channing, hmm. and uh, she was uh, a very funny lady. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and uh, it, it, you know, I was what mm, nineteen when I was studying with, I think, with Robert. Mm-hmm. So I was very, very young. He wasn't saying that I look like her. He wasn't saying there's something in my personality that he saw that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. He also said, and I don't know, uh, he said that I was a cross between Sophia Loren and Carol Chan. Wow. If you can imagine. That's actually a compliment. That's I what think. he yeah. saw. Uh, I didn't see it. I still don't see it. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, but that's what he saw, mm-hmm. you know. But I think he always thought that I was a comedian. I never thought that I was a comedian. Yeah. I have no idea how to be a comedian. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe just thought you had comedic talent, but also beauty. So I don't know. <laughs> that's the only thing I can he, think of. If you, yeah, yeah, you match you up with Carol Channing and Sophia Loren, you know, so. you just, you just don't know, you know, what someone else sees. Right. And, and, you know, he was certainly qualified, uh, to make, you know, to see something in a person and to bring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he never had a chance to do that with me though. Because uh, he was very expensive. Mm. <laughs> he was very expensive. Right. But um, uh, but I was very lucky to, mm-hmm. you know, work with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, you know, I would still love to work. I I don't think that actors ever retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe the industry retires us. Yeah. But I don't think true. I don't feel retired. Mm-hmm. I would go back to work in a New York second. I ha- I have done a lot of student films over at USC. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, th- those are always good to work with because you're working with students, so you just can't go wrong. Um, and uh, in 
and it's fun and you're working with a camera and you're working with and you have a script and you can do the best you can with it you know, so that's wonderful to get those jobs. They don't pay anything, <laughs> but um, but they're fun to do, and uh, it's sort of like studying. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do these student films, do they know that your past history of being with the monkeys and Batman and things like that, or are they just, we just need an actress? <laughs> you know, them are so young that they... Um, they have no idea, wow. <laughs> you know. Because uh, I'd be uh, like, but, let's um, get her. But, she was in the monkeys. Come on. <laughs> but, no, some of them do know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and especially, you know, especially now, of course, I'm not doing anything now. I was over at USC the other day, mm-hmm. and I went over to the film department and hung around and, you know, uh, looked around. But I, I, at this time, Mark... I have a 17-year-old dog that's losing her legs. Nobody can take care of her. She right. falls. Yeah. She, you know, so I, my life right now is dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. And um, so I could not uh, possibly take on a, a student film right now. Right. Well, there's plenty of time for that, I'm sure, in the future. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> um, so on the monkeys. Did you get the monkeys the same way as it seems like you got everything else? Uh, you were just led, or did you know about the monkeys' audition, or uh, how, how did it come about that they wanted to cast you? I think you said you were Davy's stand-in or something like that. Um, can I give you what I think happened? Sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's... Um exactly what happened but um uh so you know in those days we had a phone at home Mm -hmm. we didn't carry around a phone with us so (laughs) i think that i was working on a jerry lewis film Mm -hmm. i'm not sure on the columbia lot Mm -hmm. if i wasn't working on the uh, jerry lewis film i was probably working on i dream of genie or uh Mm -hmm. bewitched okay Um, well those are all columbia so yeah (laughs) Yeah, uh, so I was on, in other words, I was on the lot all the time, Mm -hmm. five days a week. And um, so uh, one day I came home, my roommate said that, uh, you know, the studio had called and they wanted me to come to stage. I thought it was seven. I was corrected by Gary Strobel. He said it was stage four. Mm. (laughs) And uh, I, you know, so I, um, I went to stage four. I was, I. Whatever I was working on, I went to stage four, I, I think on my lunch hour or there in abouts. And um, it was weird because the stage was dark, no one was there, and there was one little light, you know, like in the corner. And so I walked over there and uh, I, no one was there. You know, so I thought, well, this is funny. And then I heard footsteps, and uh, it was Bert Schneider, hmm. you know, the creator of the monkeys. You know, he and Bob Rafelson created the monkeys. And um, uh, he came over, and we chatted, and he asked me all about myself, and uh, I told him as much as I could. And then he asked me if I could travel, and I said yes. And then he said, would you mind standing in for a young man? Hmm. And I said, no. I said, um, I don't care. 
you know, as long as I get my rent paid. <laughs> and and uh, so uh, he hired me. Hmm. And uh, the odd thing was, was what I heard is no one had one one-on-one interviews. Uh, they were all lots of people being interviewed at the, you know, being chosen at the same time. But why I was on a one-on-one with Bert, I don't know, except my best educated, educated guess would be that he saw me on the lot. Yeah. Because I was all over that lot every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the commissary. I was, you know, going to get coffee. I was going to wardrobe. I was going to hair. I was going here, going there. So I was running around all over the lot. Mm. And um, I think that he probably saw me and probably asked around, and who is she? And, you know, uh, got me that way. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was very sweet. And uh, he and Bob were new to Los Angeles. You know, uh, they were from New York, I think. Right. And right. they were not really familiar with Los Angeles. So we, I made friends with them first. Hmm. And um, then, you know, the, it came time to shoot the pilot. They, we went to um, Coronado Island and uh, did what we had to do over there. And then we waited around, but I was still on the lot every day. So I'd check in, I'd check in with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd, you know, I'd come, I'd go over to Ray Bird and say, you know anything yet? No, 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 we don't know. Is the pilot picked up, you know? No, no, no. And so one day I went, walked over there and everybody had long faces, like they were so sad. And I said, well, what's wrong? And Bob looked at me and said, uh, no, it didn't get picked up. It's mm. over. And I said, what? I said, no, 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 no. You got to do something. It can't be over. It's a great show. It's going to, you know, I went off. I don't know what exactly I said. <laughs> anyway, um, I turned. I left. I was so disappointed. And then I um, came back another day. And Bob said, I'm going to call you our lucky charm. Ah. The show is oh. So th- that must have been because of how, the part I know is he re-edited the pilot and then they tested it again and it did much better when yeah. he did that. And he put the, I think he put uh, Davies and Mike's uh, screen tests in the show just to kind of rounded out so you knew who these people were instead of well i did i knew them because you know i let's see i took them places i took them downtown la my old stomping ground i took Mm -hmm. them to chinatown i took them you know all over the place and we were like buddies you Mm -hmm. know and just because they were new and everything um to the city yeah so i kind of you know did that with them and you know they weren't that much older than me we were and really basically we were all just kids yeah. having a great time yeah and uh and but i did say no 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 you can't 
you can't let it slide like or something. I don't, those were not my exact words. You yeah. know, don't hold me to that. But <laughs> but I know I rebelled and said, no, you know, <laughs> you can't do this. It's got to go. You got to do something. Something. Yeah. Yet, basically. Yeah. And um, and then it went. And uh, and he did. He called me his lucky charm. He said, mm-hmm. "You are our lucky charm." Mm-hmm. So uh, that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. But. Nobody knows it or believes me. <laughs> so, now, so, now yeah. you're listed and, as being on like about 14 episodes or something like that. Um, but uh, did you show up to the set even when you weren't needed? I mean, were you always no. involved with the show or how did that work? No, no. I never visited. I was always there being paid. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And... Uh, a lot of people did visit, though. It was like the friends set. You know, everybody wanted to come over and visit. Dennis Hopper was one of the visitors. Mm-hmm. He was there almost every day. Um, after the show got started, you know, the, uh, that would be, I think, the second season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or maybe the latter part of the first season. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. After, um, it's hard to remember dates for me. Right, you right. Know? Well, I mean, it is true that Bob and Bert uh, worked with him later, you know, so, you know, I'm sure he was hanging around probably hoping for a movie role or something and eventually got one, so. Well, you know, Dennis, um, he was in Giant. Yeah. He's, you know, wasn't he in with the the Dean, I want to say Dean Stockwell, it's not Dean Stockwell, um, James Dean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, so he did a, he did a lot of stuff like you did, you know, just various yeah. episodic things. He's like a petty, yeah. petticoat junction and things like that, you know, yeah. prior to him being a star. Uh-huh. So, and know. he was a sweetheart, and um, he always had trouble with girls. So he would tell me all about, you know, <laughs> his girls that wouldn't, you know, be his girlfriend or something. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we were kids. You know, mm-hmm. we were just kids, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very. Very sweet, but then he did Easy Rider. You know, he directed right. Easy Rider, mm-hmm. and he and I had a fight on that uh, show. He, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was um, a very special person. He mm-hmm. really was a very special person, and I I knew him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think you know. That he was asking me to do something that was completely, um, or maybe I was just being a prima donna. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I hope not. I hope I'm never a prima donna. <laughs> I, I don't deserve to be a prima donna. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but uh, Dennis was wonderful. He actually mm-hmm. asked, asked me to, here's the shot, okay? This is, we're in the Mojave Desert. It's 110 degrees. And uh, all of the dressing rooms, the, you know, the trailers, the everything broke down. There was nothing. Uh, one girl brought a crate of grapefruits that I think saved everybody's life, mm. that we didn't get dehydrated. Wow. It's very, very hot. And um, so uh, Dennis says, I want you to jump out of the truck 
onto the burning sand barefoot and then jump up into my arms. <laughs> wow. And I said, no. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I wouldn't well, want to do that either. Well, it burned me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, can't you put something down there or something? Uh, no, he wanted the real thing. And I, oh, but you know what? He got mad at me. Mm. We did patch things up later, though, because he, we, we became very good friends later. That's good. <laughs> um, but I, you know, um, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he got mad at me. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we, but, but the, you know, the wonderful part of uh, Easy Rider is I rode out to the, uh, to the uh, location, to the Mojave mm -hmm. every day with Laszlo Koufax. Hmm. And he was like, the, he's a revered Academy Award winning uh, cinematographer. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was very lucky there because we would chat and, you know, get to know each other and everything and drive out to the location. So there's all kinds of great things that mm -hmm. um, happen, mm -hmm. you know, uh, even though I probably, I don't know, I probably should have done what he said, that uh, what I've learned, what I know now and what I learned later is uh, the director is the boss on the set. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing and do not ever doubt that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I learned that. And, uh, and Dennis, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, he had a good idea and I would have loved to, to have jumped up into his arms, mm -hmm. but uh, it didn't happen. So mm -hmm. anyway, <laughs> but um, there were other scenes in Easy Rider with uh, Phil Spector. And then there's a whole long story about Phil Spector that I'll spare you of. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, but uh well, I, I really just had a few more monkeys questions, though, since we're kind of jumping ahead. <laughs> uh, did you go with them on tour or anything, or just did the no. TV show? Okay. No. I didn't know if they I, brought you along, no. like, no, no. you know, to be an opening act or something crazy like that. You know, I don't know. You know, No, I wish yeah. I could be an opening yeah. act, but yeah. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> You know, yeah. I don't know how I would open. Mm -hmm. I might I might be able to. One dream of mine that I've always had, but mm -hmm. of course nobody's paid attention to me as per usual, <laughs> is I've always wanted to get up on the stage and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the monkeys. Yeah, well, that's what I was kind you of know, alluding I to. I thought, that, you know, but, because, you know, yeah. if you're the good luck charm, you'd be the one to introduce them and bring them out, you know. Nobody else knew that I was a good luck charm, and oh. they didn't believe me when I told them. Interesting. I okay. a good luck charm. <laughs> so was, was the last time you worked with them on the movie Heads yeah. then? Uh, was that the last? I guess so. Yeah. Now, okay. I, you know, I can't tell the difference whether it's head or the monkeys <laughs> because it was all the same people. Right, same right. Same crew. Yeah. Same people, same everything. Um, so the differentiation there is up yeah. to you. Well, you only know? because that was the last thing shot, at least originally back in the 60s, unless you count the 33 yeah. and a third special, which I don't think you're involved with. But uh, 
Yeah, what is the 33 and a third thing? Um, well, they did, okay. a, after Head, um, uh-huh. it, uh, there was a TV special, the Monkeys signed like a three special deal, and unfortunately the 33 and a third one, it's a really bizarre special if you really want to check it out. It's on DVD and Blu-ray, you'd have to, you know, but... Uh, it, they aired it against the Academy Awards when the Academy Awards were still a thing, you know, unlike now, you know, and so uh-huh. it, it just got buried. Nobody paid attention to it, and NBC canceled the other two specials, and that's when Peter left originally, and then, you know, over the next couple of years, Mike left, and then it just kind of ended, yeah. you know, originally, you know, yeah. of course, and then they came back many times, you know, but... Uh, so your involvement with them probably ended then with the head movie, you know, probably because that was really the last time, you know, Ray yeah. and Bob were, you know, actively involved with it at that time. Um, what about Easy Rider? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for monkeys, I know, I'm not talking about, you know, oh, the, because, okay. of course, you know, Ray and Bob did, you know, yeah. Five Easy Pieces and <laughs> King of Marvin Gardens and a bunch of other films later, but, you know. Uh, were you involved in those productions, too, or no? Well, you know, um, Bob and I were very good friends, and we used mm-hmm. to talk on the phone a lot. Mm-hmm. We really used to talk on the phone for hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would, uh, he told me once that I was an inspiration to Five Easy Pieces. Huh. <laughs> and I'll never... I have no idea what he meant by that, because I don't think I've seen five easy pieces. <laughs> but, um, you know, Karen Black, of course, yeah. her soul, was wonderful and yeah. uh, and is a wonderful person and and everything and and but he but he did say that to me, and I have no idea. I wonder what we were talking about that hmm. did that. You know, another director told me that I was the inspiration for uh, Turk 182. That sounds right, but I don't... You know what? I don't know how you'd be the inspiration for that, but I've heard that. And that was was Richard Serafian. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He directed Vanishing Point, Mm -hmm. and I was in that. He directed the first movie of the week. I I was in that. Um, another director that really believed in me, you know. Mm-hmm. Another director that was a very good friend of Michael McLean's. See, mm. it's a small world out there. Yes, yeah. I'm thinking about the five easy pieces. The, the 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 famous scene in that, if you haven't seen the film, is Jack Nicholson ordering. A, um, he just wants a couple slices of bread, and they won't give it to him, and so he. You know, he orders the chicken sandwiches, and he tells the lady, uh, hold the chicken between your legs. <laughs> you know? and, you know, because he just wants the oh, bread. He doesn't want a sandwich, but he orders a sandwich and tell, tells her to hold everything. And then he says, hold the chicken between your legs. Um, anyway, as an aside for that, since I'm up in Oregon here, the place where they shot that scene is a Denny's that's up here 
where I live in Oregon, oh, you know, wow. outside of Eugene, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, and I've actually gone to that Denny's just because I was kind of curious. There's no plaque or anything, so you just have to kind of guess. It might have been that table, but anyway, it's like, wow, <laughs> yes. But there's been other movies shot up here, uh, Animal House and uh, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and things like that, so Oregon, and the Goonies and things like that, so uh-huh. Oregon gets a few uh-huh. things, so... Uh-huh. Um, Anyway. Now, um, that's one person that I forgot to mention who was on the set hanging around all the time, and that Jack. was Jack. <laughs> so how was mm-hmm. Jack? <laughs> um, they were very busy, and I had no idea what he was doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they were writing head. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why he was there. We went to lunch mm-hmm. um, a few times, I think, and... Um, I, rem- I remember he was always, you know, very, very sweet. He, re- he really is a very nice person, mm-hmm. regardless of what they say about him. <laughs> um, he was just, you know, really uh, great and everything, but he was always so quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Easy Rider, I ran into him at a party in Bel Air at John Phillips's house. Mm-hmm. And um, he was dancing in the walkway when I came walking up, just dancing in the walkway. And he looked at me and he went, Valerie, and just was so, and, you know, grabbed me, hugged me. And, you know, I just was elated. And it was because he finally had a movie that wasn't a B movie. Right. It was Easy Rider, you know, that really put him on the map. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. He's a wonderful actor. He's a wonderful actor, a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have not met anybody in this industry that um, is uh, not a nice person. I think people go out of their way to be nice to everyone mm-hmm. in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And Jack was there. Jack was there on the monkey set. Very cool. Dennis was there. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed, uh, another actor that appeared on a number of uh, Monkeys episodes, but not as many as you, is Monty Landis. But it doesn't seem like you, either of you were on the same episode at the same time, so you never met him, uh-huh. right? Well, I met all of them, but, you know, it wasn't like buddy buddies that hang yeah. out and talk. Yeah. Um, they came, they went. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so any of the other celebrities that you met uh, over the years on, on Monkeys and whatever, I mean, uh, any memories of them, like Stan Freeberg or, um, uh, let's see, who else? Stan Freeberg. Stan Freeberg um, is helping my friend Michael McLean out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was casting a lot of TV shows and Cagney and Lacey and uh, this is later. You know, and, and he he called me up one day. He said, please come over to the studio and answer my phones for me. He said, Diana and I are going to, we, we've got to go, you know, talk. I think it was Cagney and Lacey. They, they were um, tying down. But somebody had to be there to answer the phones or the office looks closed. And it's before cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, and... Um, Stan Freeberg came in, and he he said, 
So this was way later because he said, Valerie Vinay. <laughs> he said, when you go home tonight, he said, you tell Nick this. He said, you tell him that I was in mm -hmm. and you tell him this. He said, tell him, ask him if he remembers the song, please don't tease. And then he cracked up. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. So I came home and I told Nick. Yeah. And, um, he was holding back laughter, but he never told me about it. So I'm in the dark. So if anybody out there is listening, please tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know what that would be either. And you know, I have no idea. It was a private joke between yeah, these guys. Yeah. Apparently, they were very good friends. Yeah. And, and um, Nick. Yeah. yeah. Which um, you know. Freeberg and Nick uh, both work at Capitol Records for a number of years, so it's like, uh -huh. um, uh, and that's your your husband, if you know, Nick uh -huh. Benet, the, you know, I got to introduce him properly and say who he is, and, yeah. you know, it's like, and like Ghosty said on his uh, interview with you, it's like, it's just amazing, you know, how many things he did you know it's like you know i'm just re like reading this little wikipedia entry and it's like he discovered the beach boys and he, or he brought them to the label or what he didn't discover them but yeah and he was friends with bruce johnston and uh he signed uh bobby darren and glenn campbell and and then he like worked with everybody and i'm sure he worked with stan freeberg because they were he was on the label too and you know it's just uh -huh. um yeah. Amazing. 20,000-year-old 20, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks and Carl Reiner. Carl you know. Reiner. So the question I have is, uh, how did you meet him, and how did you get uh, married? And everything? <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't really talk about that, you know, much. Well, you know, most of us like to keep our private lives private. Okay. So, Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't elaborate a lot, but I met him at a session. You know, a recording session. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody was saying, Nick Vinay is coming. Nick Vinay is coming. Nick Vinay is coming. I thought, who is this Nick Vinay? <laughs> I, I came from the movie industry. I didn't know about record. I, I don't know why I was even at the recording studio, you know. Hmm. I think it was Capitol. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway... Nick Vinay walked in, and uh, everybody looked at him like he was a god. And then he looked at me, mm. and I looked at him. And that's the beginning of everything. The rest is history. Wow. So, yeah, and uh, there's some sweet stories. You know, he courted me, and um, I was actually staying at Michael McLean's house mm -hmm. because of, I don't know why. Uh, he, Michael had a gigantic house and I had, you know, my own room and, um, it was right on the street. It was right next door to, believe it or not, Mayor Yorty's house. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, all of a sudden I was going to sleep and, uh, I heard like something hitting the window and I thought, what is this? And something else hit the window and so i parted the curtains and i looked and it was nick hmm. and I, said, I said hi and he said are you alone <laughs> and i said of course i'm alone 
So I invited him in. We went into the kitchen and, you know, I don't know, I made coffee, loved coffee. Um, and we sat and we talked and, you know, um, he was definitely, and Michael McLean, you know, who was my, uh, my everything, mm-hmm. um, he said, if you don't marry him, I don't know. I'm going to disown you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Because Michael was the music buff. You know, mm-hmm. he was the casting director. And, and, you know, he did Butch Cassidy and the Sun Dance Kid and a lot of movies that you see. I mean, he directed, uh, he did, um, what was the one with John Houston, Man in the Wilderness? Richard Serafian directed that one, so mm-hmm. um, he was more of a movie person, but his his soul was music. Mm. So when he met Nick Vinay, he was just ab- absolutely flabbergasted that I, you know, was dating Nick Vinay. <laughs> so, um, and and we dated for about six months, and uh, you know, then we were able to start a real relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, and things went on, so um, that was it, you know. But it, I would say, uh, I it was love at first sight, That's and I cool. still love him very, very much. I I, I think that if he would have um, lived, he would have loved um, Facebook and you <laughs> know social media. He never got to uh, do any of that. He kept working his entire life, right? Basically, I mean, until he got sick, I'm sure. But uh, he he never had really a career end, correct? You know, it's like he made it through the yeah. '80s and everything. Uh, yeah, he yeah. um he's a wonderful producer. There, there's yeah. no one like him. Um, someone mm-hmm. once said to me, Nick Vinay is a producer's producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought that's right. You know, I didn't really know what a producer was. I didn't know who Nick Vinay was. <laughs> and uh, my mother knew who he was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, my mother um, barely spoke English, but she worked at Capitol Records. She uh, had a, a job of making sure that all, all the floors had coffee Um you know, sometimes she was invited to bring, you know, food into the recording sessions, and um, she was very beautiful. She was only, what, 30 years old, 32 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, and she, you know, so she was there when Nick was there. When I brought Nick home, she said, she said, oh, He's the big shot <laughs> in her broken English, you know. I'm surprised she didn't introduce you. He's, but the, the, hey. he's, the, big, he's the big shot, <laughs> you know. Like he's the, and by the way, they got along like you can't believe. He used to just come over and uh, visit her wow. and just hang out with her. He loved my mother. That's great. <laughs> she, and she loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she loved him. That's uh, true. Mm-hmm. So, um Ah, oh, you brought me back almost to tears here. Oh, I wasn't trying to. I just, you know, you have to kind of bring him up uh, because, you know, he's such yeah, a, a large part of your I life know. as the monkeys were, as everything else I'm talking about. And, of course, that's the nature of interviews, you know, in a certain respect. Um, yeah, uh, 
And of course, we have to bring him up. He's he's the superstar. Yeah, yeah. He's the superstar. Well, I mean, the best part is we can all remember him. And, you know, if you don't know who Nick Vinay is, well, people can at least research him. And like Ghosty said, any music book worth its salt probably mentions him somewhere because, you know, oh, yeah. he did so many things. So, you know, so. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, there's one there's one book that um, uh, my friend Keith Putney talks about where he somehow or other had Sam Cook's I think it was Sam Cook I get this wrong all the time <laughs> Harvey Kubernick the um Har- excuse me Harvey Kubernick the one the author of the book um Harvey I've got this all wrong um <laughs> Sam Cook's wallet was in Nick's jacket. Oh. <laughs> when, and he was questioned by the police, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the night that he was murdered. Wow. Yeah, it talks about it in that book, and I, you know, I don't have much of a memory now. Hmm. The, the brain just goes, okay, we're all full here, this goes out, that goes out, and it never asks me <laughs> if that's okay. Um well, that's enough clues I can uh, research and figure out what it is. So, but Harvey, you know. I, yeah, and Harvey can can tell you too. Okay. You can right. call him up and and uh, ask him. He's very good friends with um, Gary Strobel. Oh, okay. So you can get a hold of him that way okay. and ask him about the truth of that story before you print it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know, I get things. Uh, maybe that's the Carol Channing coming out in me. Yeah. I get things all backwards. Now, um, as for yourself, um, uh, apart from currently, because you said you're caring for your dog and everything like that, have you been basically uh, acting off and on all these years, or did you take breaks to raise your child or anything like that? Oh, or? my God, yes. Okay. I, 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 of course. You know, when I met Nick, yeah. everything stopped. Okay. Um, because, uh, well, no, not completely though i did do a few i see there's my memory again um very few things though i did some uh children's um saturday morning things Mm -hmm. and then uh but not not very much because um nick was a a very traditional person Mm -hmm. he came from a traditional family Mm -hmm. I came from a traditional family. In a traditional family, you stay home and take care of the children, yeah. and he goes out to work. Mm-hmm. And I hope not, I don't offend anyone by that, but that's the way it was in those, well, not in those days, because yeah. it was beyond the 60s. The 60s yeah. were crazy, but uh, neither one of us, um, you know, were, were like 
you know, loving people. Right. right. We were we were very traditional mm-hmm. in our in our beliefs, and uh, I stayed home, and I wanted to stay home. I didn't want to leave my I didn't leave my baby, and mm-hmm. I had kids. I had so many kids at my house. Everybody's kids were welcome at my house. <laughs> when they came home from school, I had sandwiches for them. I fed them. I um, washed them. I, <laughs> you know, um, after they finger painted each other. I, you know, my part of the house was like a, like a nursery school, practically. I loved children and, um, not anymore though, but then <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had easels and homemade Play-Doh and you name it. I, mm-hmm. it, you know, I was, um, one of my girlfriends said, you were super mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keith no. Putney is calling me on the other line. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't answer it, Hannah. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this up pretty soon here. Um, I'm almost done. Uh, so I guess after the kids are raised, you only had the one son, or did you have more? We only had the one son, but we had um, also, you know, Steve Douglas lived with us for a while, and his daughter, Pamela Douglas. I don't, do you know who Steve Douglas is? Uh, refresh. Steve Douglas is the original Wrecking Crew. And oh, okay. He That's played right. with Brian, with the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. Yeah. Um, I heard Brian. I didn't know that that's who it was. I didn't know any of these music people, yeah. you know. I didn't even know, you know, coming home from, uh, not coming home, coming back from lunch one day uh, on the Monkees, I was with Michael, and we're driving in back from lunch, and there were these girls hanging on the on the fence at Columbia Studios. And as he drove by, they were screaming, you know. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, what's going on? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he drove right in. He, I think he did know. But see, I was never a part of the music part of it. Hmm. Unless, you know, they were shooting something musical on the set. Right, right. But yeah. it is it is kind of interesting, you know, that it was almost from everything you're talking about. It's like total destiny. I mean, if your mom's working at Capitol, if the monkeys uh, utilized the Wrecking Crew, as did the Beach Boys, and every, it was just <laughs> eventually you were going to meet, you know. <laughs> and my brother-in-law, who is um, uh, 85 years old, uh, mm-hmm. January 16th, he's in Lake Arrowhead now. Mm-hmm. He wrote a lot of um, monkey songs. He's an incredible writer. He wrote mm-hmm. uh, a, song, a song in Hairspray, mm-hmm. the movie. He wrote uh, for the monkeys, uh, Tomorrow is Going to Be Another Day. Oh, yeah. He used to write, I think he used to write with uh, either Tommy or Bobby mm-hmm. uh, before Voice and Heart. Mm. Um, so there is a monkey's connection mm-hmm. and, uh, um, I think that I'm not sure about this because someone told me that Nick turned down the job that he was offered on the monkeys, hmm. which would be Donnie Kirshner's Kirsch, job, Donnie yeah, Don Kirshner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Donnie Kirshner's job. It, Nick, but he couldn't because he was at Capitol and he couldn't handle what was the talent there, you know. <laughs> I, I, I am in touch with a producer now that worked under Nick. 
Mm-hmm. He's in Nashville. His name is John Gross, G-R-O-E-S-S. He's Lester Sill's nephew. Mm-hmm. His mother was Lester Sill's sister. So he contacted me through Facebook, and we talked, and he told me, he said, Valerie, he couldn't handle, you know, everything. He said, my God, he said, the Rolling Stone were staying at his house. <laughs> you know, um, that, uh, he was so, the lines were around the block to see Nick Vinay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he would do like two or three albums, and then he would um, go on to another artist. But he would also say to different artists, here, here, do this one, you know, to different producers under him mm-hmm. that were working for him. So that, you know, that's an interesting thing. I th- And I'm so glad to be uh, talking to John Gross. I, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gross and uh, Abe Hawk, you mm. know, if you could give them a shout out here on this. <laughs> uh, two really wonderful people that uh, knew Nick and um, and loved him, you know, along with me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, and you know, you asked a little while ago how many episodes I was in. I don't know. But Andrew Sandoval once said, are you aware that you were in almost as many episodes as the boys themselves? <laughs> and I said, no, no. <laughs> I'm not aware of that. Well, the, the funny know, thing I, is, I, don't know. I yeah. think if memory serves, Mickey and Peter were the only ones that were in every episode because Davey had to leave uh, one episode for, uh, I forgot what the reason was. And then Mike had to have some surgery or something. And so he was out for a couple episodes and, right. you know, so Mickey and Peter are the only ones that were in every episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But so. they somehow covered it up, you know, by, you know, doing an extra romp or something. I don't know. What they did. Well, they shot the, yeah. the series in a totally different way than you shoot, uh, you know, I called the double check standard system, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the standard way, mm-hmm. you know, master over the shoulder, over the shoulder, extreme close up, um, yeah. master, you know, the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. There, you know, uh, the, they didn't shoot the monkeys like that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they went back and forth and inserted <laughs> things and, and, uh, it, uh, sort of like a music video. Yeah. Yeah, that they were jarring the audience. They weren't. They weren't um, uh, comforting the audience. (laughs) Now I I don't know know if you've been. You've probably been asked about this before, but I really don't know the answer. So I'll ask. The song they did called Valerie. Is that in any way, shape, or form related to you, or is just coincidence? I have to tell you the story because. if I just say, oh, yeah, that song was, you know, inspired by me or written about me, then I'm uh, I'm full of myself, <laughs> you know, and I never, ever want to be that way. Yeah. But this is the way what I learned, the way I learned it. Okay. After being absent from the monkeys for years and years, about, I don't know, 2008, 2009, I was invited to the Egyptian theater where they were going to show four episodes of the monkeys mm-hmm. along with commercials and uh it was barry mcguire actually emailed me and said get a hold of this person they're looking for you you know so i did <laughs> and uh they left me uh 
uh, pass at the Egyptian theater. I went in and we saw the shows and then they invited us up for a Q and A. I went up, you know, uh, up on the stage or wherever we're sitting. Bobby Hart was sitting next to me. First, one of the first questions that came in was, um, is the song Valerie written about you? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. You know, this is, what, 2008 or nine, right? I, right? So I had the microphone, and I said, but we're so lucky because here's Bobby Hart, who's sitting right <laughs> next to me. He can tell you, mm-hmm. you know? So I handed him the mic, and um, I was waiting myself to find out you know, who yeah. this song was written about or, you know, how it was constructed. And Bobby, we were sitting on these stools, and, and he kind of leaned forward and, and cocked his head and looked at me, and he went, of course it was. <laughs> That's all I can say about this song. Now, I've heard all different kinds of people, you know, um, saying different things about it so i don't want i i don't like to what word am i looking for mark (laughs) i don't like to make myself um you know i'm just a a small potato okay (laughs) and i don't know but that's what bobby said and there was a whole audience full of people there so you know well uh even if he just agreed to it spur of the moment a uh, number of years later, I I was yeah. I would still agree that, you know, I do think of you when I hear the song. So, you know, it's like even if it was intentional or not, you know, it's hard to, you know. Uh, and, then, and then another person uh, who was with Tommy Boyce's sister mm-hmm. said that Tommy Boyce told his sister that Bert Schneider said, give me a song with the name Valerie in it. Hmm. So there's a couple of things floating around out there, and we'll never know. Probably not. I mean, but I, I think that what Bobby uh, Hart said, I- I'll take that. The song, the song is mine. Come on. <laughs> I will, too. I will, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I guess on that note, um, uh, we'll leave it a, a, a high note. Oh, yeah. um, okay. uh, Mark, call me back if you need any more. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, the, the, thing, the final question will be, um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to ask you a question, or are you making any personal appearances, or anything, a book, or anything else coming up, or any plans at the present time, or anything like that? Well, you know, we've been under COVID for so many years, and right. I think things are just getting started. Yes, I used to do autograph shows, and I used to go to the conventions and uh, and be there. Uh, if, do you have, like, a website or anything, or is it just Facebook? or? Oh. Uh, you know, I don't have a website. I used to, oh, okay. but it's not there anymore. So oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Quicksand. <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, it was great to talk to you. But please, you know, call me back if we're missing things. I know okay. I went back and forth on everything that probably confused you. No, this is great. I mean, you know, you answer a lot of things and, you know, had some good stories. So I appreciate it very much having you on the show. Okay. 
and uh, it's my pleasure. And the um, honor is mine. Well, thank really. you. And uh, so, and I also have to thank Charles Rosene because he always gets me great guests. So, you know, thank you, Charles, for getting yeah. me Valerie for the show. <laughs> yes, thank you, Charles. Thank you for everything. He's a very good man. I mm-hmm. love him. Uh, so, okay. All right. All right. Well, well, that wraps well, it up for another Fun Ideas podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Valerie Karis Vinay, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 205 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. Mutant sex monsters.